0: Hello and welcome fellow awesomeologists, to Awesomeology. I'm Sue.
1: And I'm Ben. And in this episode, we're exploring the many uses of AI to help support creative work.
0: So when you first suggested this topic, and credit to you. Oh, thank you. Good sir, for <laughs> suggesting this topic. It's a great topic, but I was not sure what kind of insights. I'm not the techie person. Mm-hmm. I'm not un I'm not a plebeian, but. I did not know what I'd be able to even discuss. I like Same. I <laughs> Maybe we shouldn't admit this all up at the top here. Uh, but then I started to think about some of the programs I use all of the time that are AI-based mm-hmm. and are so stinking seamless right. that I don't even think about the fact that I am using AI. I'm an expert. I'm not an expert. Yeah. Yeah. I am using it all of the time. Yeah. So... Do you want to start with the definition of the kinds of things we'll talk about?
1: Well, what? I, so yes, the yes, answer you, is you, yes. You
0: want to do that? Yes.
1: And I'm what I'm going to start with, um, because um, like I admitted along with you in the intro, um, I don't know a lot of this and uh, I don't know a lot about this general topic of ai right i mean i know it exists i know that it contributes to a lot of the solutions that we use in creative work and in other aspects of our life right um but i definitely don't know enough and i'll admit like when i hear ai i don't know if i go all like skynet fearful of it or anything like that terminator reference if you're not
0: perhaps you should right
1: i know yeah (laughs) i probably should start taking it seriously um but I do think that I just kind of ignore it a bit because it's maybe tough to wrap my head around. I'm a little afraid of what it could mean for humanity and not, again, not like Skynet AI is going to kill the world, but like um, like for our civilization and how mm-hmm. we interact with each other. And it, it seems to me like there's some correlation between the unhealthy use of AI and the unhealthy effect it could have on relationships and humanity and civilization and all those things. Um, And also, um, there's probably a way that it can all be used just perfectly to only enhance our lives and make us, you know, closer to each other and have more time for each other and all those things. But anyway. So
0: before you start reading anything, I have to tell you, because... It's so pertinent to this conversation. Can I tell you something that Nick said in a meeting this morning? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> to us, to Alex and I, he said that he had he had read or he had heard um, someone saying that when AI wipes out humanity, mm. it will not be out of malice. It will not be revenge. It will be. This is exactly how he described it. It will be like if you were building a road and there was an ant hill in the way. You don't hate ants. You don't want to kill them. They're just in your way. <laughs> <laughs> and he dropped that bit of knowledge on us in a meeting where we were not, I should point out, discussing ants. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I am forever changed. That's yeah, all. Right. Do with that what you will.
1: Yeah. Um, okay, that <laughs> does not make me feel any better. But anyway, AI, it's great. Let's talk And (laughs) listeners, Alex and Nick are two of our teammates, if you're curious. Yes. Um, Okay, so what I did, um, I just did a good old-fashioned Google of definition of AI, and I think I went down a bit of a rabbit hole, and I found um, something that I think is uh, relevant for our discussion today. So uh, we'll share the link to this from uh, builtin.com. Um, and it goes through four really simple types of artificial intelligence, the four that it lists, and I found some that list like seven different ones and things like that, but we'll just go with this for the sake of the discussion. Um, The four types of artificial intelligence that it finds are reactive machines, limited memory, theory of mind, and self-aware. So um, self-aware is probably the scary ones that we all that's
0: think That's the right. one, that's the yeah. Anson road right. analogy. It's a yes. self-aware one.
1: Right. So a, a little, I'll um, dive in just a little bit more on uh, what we found here. So reactive machines. These are ones that they can't improve their functionality through experience. They can only respond to a limited combination of inputs. So this is really basic AI. Tell the thing to do a bunch of things, mm-hmm. maybe if this, then that sort of stuff, but it can only do what you tell it to do, right? some of it automated based on what you tell it. Limited memory is the second one. And basically that's like where we're at today or like what most AI that we experience today is, right? So um, they're trained by large volumes of training data that they store in their memory to form a reference model for solving future problems. So again, a lot of training involved. You give it a lot of input. It um, learns, um, does store some memory and then based on its learning, um, does stuff. Does for things. You, right.
0: Does its job.
1: So the next two, the, the scarier ones, and, and they only scare me. They don't have to scare all of you, but um, theory of mind. So this is where um, the the quote that I pulled out, or that was pulled out of this article, um, mentions. Um, Machines may work better than us 90% of the time, but that last 10%, what you would describe as common sense, is really hard to get to. So this theory of mind, AI. So imagine the robot approaching the edge of the cliff. It's been given everything that it um, needs to know to operate. It's even made its own... um, learnings from its mm-hmm. memory and stuff like, like like that to know how to walk and to know that it's approaching a cliff and to know that it needs to go from A to B. But it doesn't have that common sense part of its intelligence to say you can't go there and it right. crashes into the, into the ravine or whatever.
0: Okay, right. and if I'm understanding you, this is how we'll defeat them. Yes. Okay.
1: We just need to keep them dumb enough. <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. So then the last one, the super scary one, self-awareness, right? And the quote that is pulled out of this one is just perfect, and this perfectly explains my fear. Uh, (laughs) If this type of AI is successfully created, no one knows what the impact will be. So um, those are the four types of artificial intelligence that I defined. That um, second one is where we'll stay at today, I think in most of our discussion, um, and really... um, you know, as I start to think about like, okay, where do we see this in our life? And you know, what, how does it, how is it helpful specific to creative work, right? Mm-hmm. And when we talked about this idea of this even being um, an episode that we spend some time on uh, or a topic that we spend some time on in an episode, um, I was pretty quick to like name off like a few things that we use that I know we use every day that are really dependent on AI, but I think it's just become a part of how we operate or right. you know, it's just a part of our toolbox that... You kind of forget that this is this is next level technology mm. that um, is just part of our day to day now. That once upon a time felt like a dream, right? Um, so, um, so I, I, does that feel like a satisfactory definition of AI? I think because there's so many different types, I don't know um, how much more specific we need to get, and we can just dive into what we what we use. Or
0: yeah, I am I am satisfied with with that, especially good. because. Whew. You've told me <laughs> because that is, after all, paramount that I am satisfied with what we're talking about. Um, because, you know, I won't save this recording if I'm not happy about it. I'll just right. get rid of it. Yeah. Um, and especially because we're not going to talk, we're not going to go into Terminator land, Yeah. which right. is not where I want to be at any point. It's
1: the last thing we need right now, right? Right.
0: We've got enough going on, yeah. bro.
1: So a few things that... Um, that, um, I use examples that I see often or, or maybe we're on like the, um, the cusp of using more regularly. Um, so some regular stuff that I use, um, and again, this all happens super seamlessly. I hardly even notice it is like in messaging and email composition, right? Mm -hmm. So like, you know, back when the update on your phone went through where all of a sudden when you started typing, um, it started finishing words for you and then started finishing sentences for you. Um, autocorrect, things like this, you know, like that's all AI driven. That's all just a ton of data, a ton and of input. And I don't input.
0: even think about right. that. Right, yeah. Yeah.
1: Because, it, I mean, well, and really, you know, it, it feels almost like it's in the same category as spell check. Mm -hmm. or something, you know, but it's really so much more. I mean, it's finishing sentences for you. And um, so, you know, that, like that, again, just one of those, that's kind of seamless part of our day-to-day that we hardly even notice. Um, From a creative standpoint, you know, in the Adobe Creative Suite, you know, if you're ever in that or designing and other solutions too, um, the manual input is one thing, right? And a lot of that kind of work is still super based on or Uh, really based on having that knowledge and being able to do that stuff with the mouse or your trackpad or your hands or Mm -hmm. whatever you're using. Um, but there's a lot of AI powered enhancements that have happened in, I don't know, probably, I mean, probably the last 24 months, but, um, probably more like the last 10 years that, um, have made all of those things that used to be really manual, really easy, Mm -hmm. much quicker, more efficient. Um, so like, um, uh, showing my age a little bit, I went to um, technical college to learn uh, these programs back from 2002 to 2004, and um, so I mean like 20 years ago, right? And when you you know learned how to use the pen tool in Adobe Illustrator or the brush tool in Adobe Photoshop, like you you know. The the program gave you some capability uh, to like you know quickly change color or the dimension of your brush mm-hmm. the texture things like that, um, but really like what you did with it was, as I mean you might as well have had a pen or a pencil in your hand right mm-hmm. I mean you were it was still really dependent on your motion, and you know, your ability to draw or connect paths. Um, The pen tool in Illustrator, and I'm totally geeking out about this because it's something that is really fun to me. Um, You use anchors and points and these handlebars to help create shapes and curves Mm -hmm. and lines. Um, And um, you could use that in a way to kind of understand going from point A to point B, how you might track a curve or create a curve to create the shape that you're trying to create if you're drawing freehand. Right. Um, so like if I wanted to use that tool to draw a circle, which by the way, wouldn't be a good idea because there's a circle tool that you can just use (laughs) to draw a circle. But, um, I'm getting to the point here. Um, if you wanted to use that tool to create a circle, you know, you could do it freehand and probably get a darn near perfect circle if you had the tool mastered or close to it. Um, But now you can draw some stuff freehand where it's a really crappy circle that you draw. But um, if you have this equipped in the software, the program knows, okay, they're trying to draw a circle. Mm -hmm. And whatever you draw, as long as it's close to a circle, it'll automatically, mathematically make it a perfect circle, right? Wow. So, um, or if I'm drawing... Um, a shape that I want to curve and I want the curve to be smooth, whether it's, you know, one simple bend or a bunch of bends and I want it to be smooth, I can put in kind of like crappy anchor points mm. and really messy curves and shape, but then as soon as I hit that last point that I want, um, it'll clean it up and make this really nice smooth waveform, right? So the program, um, you know, with a, again, with a little bit of input, me telling it what I want it to do, it'll do some of that cleanup for me automatically. And that's AI, like mm-hmm. doing the math to make all that stuff perfect. So like even that is mind-blowing to me, knowing like how I was taught. Um, but what's what I still kind of can't even wrap my head around is some of the new AI that um, Adobe's developing now. Lots of companies are developing and you can even um, go and play with on the internet right now where you type in a few keywords about what you want uh, to see created and the AI just spits out a beautiful image or a new drawing or creation, right? So um, I totally should have um, brought in some places where people could go and play with this stuff, but um, you can type in um, a golden retriever on a hill overlooking a sunset with... Uh, the sky raining beach balls and the compute, you know, an AI will just create this image of what you just described in input, right? Um, not always perfect. Um, mm-hmm. and there's some uh, interesting examples of um, how AI input goes terribly wrong and the image that's created is actually like kind of disturbing. Like or, an
0: actual horror show. Or, yeah, yeah. Or, yeah <laughs> totally.
1: But um, Adobe's working on this generative AI where, um, you know, you, take say a portrait that you worked on cleaning up of uh, somebody dressed like a pirate or something and um, on their shoulder, instead of a parrot, you want there to be a barn owl. Well, you'd select the area that you want the barn owl to be over this person's shoulder, type in that AI input, say barn owl, and the program will do all that work for you and just puts in exactly what you want it to be. Yeah, so, you know if this is something that gets sharpened and is accurate and done in a way that's, you know, like ethical, where all the rights to the artwork and everything Mm -hmm. are all built in and everything. um, Like it's possible that gone are the days of having to like go and source that barn owl picture, Mm -hmm. cut it out in Photoshop and clean it up, bring it in and overlay it into the image and do all the cleanup to make it look real and stuff like the AI can do all of this. So I, I, totally self admitting I haven't played around with this or uh, experimented with it enough to know like where we're really at today but from some of the demos that I've seen and uh, or just you know quick videos that show how it's all happening it's my mi- it's just mind-blowing mm-hmm. to think about what might be coming next so so yeah those are I guess a couple of examples that are either in real life right now or like I think we're on the cusp mm-hmm. of something really cool Scary, amazing
0: yeah. 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 yeah so can we can we dwell let's go back to that word ethical yeah and can we dwell on that for just a second do Jerry? you think you know there's there has there have been some things in the news lately that some of these uh, open AI programs are not ethically sourcing mm-hmm. the artwork specifically that they're using um, do do you believe that there is a there is a path to Companies using that ethically and a consumer being able to access that at a at a reasonable price. Right.
1: So, yes. Um, I think the short answer is yes. Like, I think that's a future that we'll get to. And I don't know if this comes through regulation or mm-hmm. if it's, you know... Um, you know, industry associations doing their own policing to make sure that the companies that are developing these tools are doing it in an ethical way. And, um, you know, I have to imagine that there's high care or consideration for creative people and, you know, people that are creating this stuff that could really easily be ripped or hacked and used. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, like, copyright law is not easy law. Um, You know with so much open source capability available at anyone's fingertips nowadays. Like I could see how things could blow up so big that it would be almost impossible to like protect everyone, you know. But uh, at the same time, hey man, when we were all downloading music with Napster back in the day, the future where we're at right now, where people are at least subscribing to something and paying something for their music Mm -hmm. felt... Right. Like it was never going to happen or almost impossible. So, so
0: right. I, I think, mean, I mean, I I'm not familiar with what you yeah whatever. are speaking about because sure. I definitely never burned <laughs> burned a CD to impress somebody. Right.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All the kids out there are like, what's Napster? Sounds fun. Yeah. But um,
0: <laughs> Napster is the program you use to get your music for your MySpace page. Yeah, right. exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so um, I think that there's definitely a future where creators artists are getting properly compensated and their mm-hmm. work is protected um, and it might get a little messy between now and then yeah that's my prediction
0: <laughs> yeah and if I, I don't want to be I don't want to be a bummer here but I think my my big concern when I think about that type of AI and we're not necessarily we're not talking about using that in our everyday work now but right. uh if I have a concern, it's that people will sour on it mm. and think that uh, think that all of those types of programs are going to be a problem for the artists and that and that will hurt advancement because yeah. I think the one thing, even though I'm not a techie person, the one thing I understand about AI is you need an enormous amount of data to be able to do all of that. Right. So the reason This you know, the AI programs that you can give them 20 bucks and get I don't know how many portraits of yourself. Yeah. Um, The reason they work is because they are on the web. Yeah. And they're sourcing all of those files. Right. So without that, if if it has to, if you have to dial that all back and only source uh, the files you have the rights to, it becomes... Uh, and not as good, right. right?
1: Yep, limited. Yeah,
0: definitely. yeah,
1: yeah. And I think I don't know, the, the the right spot to be in the future is somewhere in between, right? Where some stuff probably just stays exclusive or um, I don't know, super protected, whatever, <laughs> whatever category it might mm. fall into, and um, a lot of stuff becomes available, and people can still be innovative and um, like you said, uh, like creation and advancement isn't limited then, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. But we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. (laughs) So you've got some examples of uh, everyday usage of AI, right? Some tools you use. I do.
0: I sat down and thought about it and then typed out words. Um, And I thought it might be useful to just talk about what each one does these are these are all in that what are, what is the one that it has a limited limited memory is that what it's called yeah yeah i think so okay yeah. so i think these are all these all kind of live in that space yeah um and the first one the top one on the list is grammarly which i've used for the last couple of years i couldn't do my job without grammarly mm. um Important. Well, you could. <laughs> I could, not as well. But I don't want to. <laughs> and it would put a lot of burden. That that The reason that we got a subscription to Grammarly was so that someone else did not have to check my grammar. Right. Um, and it is, it's tremendously helpful. Mm. And every year, so I, we've used it, I, I think I've used it about th- three years now, um, and I've, written 5.2 million words. Thank you for asking. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but nice. every, it does seem like every time, uh, every time I use it, it's just a little more sophisticated. The suggestions a little more sophisticated. Things um, that it is able to uh, correct for me. In, in particular, not, not just spelling, although heaven knows it is very helpful for that. Um, but spelling, punctuation, and then uh, wordiness. Yeah. It. Um, they've added this enhancement that um, where it tells you the all of the different tones in your text, and if that's not what you are trying for, it can give you suggestions to get to the tone you want to get to. And nice. Um, it's for my, in my opinion, for what. I use it for. It is a a really really excellent program. Now, you I probably one of my big concerns going into using it had to do with the level of control I like to have, which is high. <laughs> that level is high, um, but you are able to. Uh, I think even as someone who does so much writing, um, I I would never claim. I mean, I am I am. A redneck from the Midwest, right? <laughs> so I know that I I speak in a colloquial manner. I think in a colloquial manner. So I am not. Um, I did just find an English class, but I am not a grammar expert by any stretch of the imagination. So it is. It's helpful to have it point out grammar choices. And uh, to be able to tell it, no, that I said, I said what I said.
1: <laughs> could, could you elaborate, elaborate a little bit more, or no?
0: <laughs> or no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, it is. It is. It. That's almost fun sometimes. Where it'll be like, didn't you mean this? Yeah. No, I did nope. not mean that. Oh,
1: nope, I definitely didn't mean that.
0: <laughs> yeah. So that's that's one um, that is relatively sophisticated, yeah. but it's so seamless So simple, right, yeah. That you don't even notice you're using AI. Yeah. Um, another one, here's, and here is exactly how intelligent I am. <laughs> when I was thinking, well, what do I even know about AI? I mean, what do I even use? Oh, well, we use a program called otter.ai. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the dot .ai should have been a clue Could for have been,
0: you. Yeah, mm. yeah, hey, yeah, What was your first clue? <laughs> um, and again, Really, really so seamless that you don't think about the fact that the back end of it has to be artificial intelligence. So mm-hmm. what Otter AI does for us um, is, for example, for this podcast, I upload a recording of this podcast and it shoots out a transcript for me. Mm-hmm. Now, the transcript is not perfect, right? but again, each time I have done it, it has gotten more sophisticated and understood more. So now we're at the point where to a seventy five degree seventy five percent level of accuracy, it knows the difference between me and you. Yeah, cool. Which is really cool.
1: Yeah, scary. And cool. I know, right?
0: <laughs> and uh, the one thing, the one place we really flummox it is that we talk over the top of each other. Sure. So it can, it doesn't know when we start talking over top of each other. It, yeah.
1: We should totally do, out. we should do an otter.ai test and just like each of us answer the same question at the same time and just see if we can like just break it. Or something.
0: <laughs> so, I don't know if that's a good idea. No, yeah. I'm not sure if we should That's break when it. the
1: Terminator comes out. Right. they like, don't mess with my transcription yeah. intelligence. That's my
0: younger cousin. That's my cousin. <laughs> So that's a very cool program.
1: It's really tempting to not go Terminator this whole episode, just saying. But um, I'll do my—I'll keep doing my best. I
0: mean, do what you can. It's only
1: come out a few times, so it's okay. But we're doing it. We're doing well.
0: I mean, no more than normal. Right. That's the yeah. thing.
1: I mean, no more than any other day.
0: It's right. An average okay. number of Terminator <laughs> references. Uh, and I added Constant Contact to the list. We yeah. just started using Constant Contact, and it is the smallest thing, I mean, it does a lot of the other things. It will, you know, it will check your text and it will, you know, all of those cool things. It's the, the smallest thing that it did. It suggested a subject line mm. for an email. Sweet. Based on what the email said. That's cool. And I almost cried.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> there, there is something, being a creative person, um, about getting down to like the last minute of having something done and realizing the tank is empty. Mm. And I, now I've just spent whatever amount of time writing this message. Now, do not ask me to sum up what that message. says yeah. because I do not know. Yeah,
1: in a subject line and something that's pretty critical for whether or not right. people even open it or read it. Or, right. Or if it'll even get to their inbox. Yeah, for sure. That's cool.
0: Yeah. So that was one one, just a little taste, a little taste of that.
1: Yeah, I see that I added HiveMind to your list on accident. That was supposed to be on my list, but yeah. uh, I and that's one that I haven't really used much. Um, it, it this is pretty new for Hive, and Hive is our project management software that we use. Um, And there's this new feature called Hivemind that'll automatically add, uh, it'll actually write some content for you. It'll automatically add actions, to-dos, things like that. So really cool. Um, Mm -hmm. The little, like, 15 seconds that I've experimented with it, um, I realized that it... So you're
0: pretty much an expert. uh, Pretty much, yeah.
1: Um, It added way more detail than um, what I was quite ready for uh, as it uh, added some to-dos to a project. But... um, I can only imagine that as that gets better and tighter Mm -hmm. and learns more, um, it's going to be really, really useful for us. So, which I I don't know, I think kind of a nice segue into our next question, which is how each of us are um, using this, what might be emerging that we might want to try. And Hive Mind is a good example Mm -hmm. of something that I see being really useful to us eventually, how exactly it works and how much... um, I guess is all to be determined, but TBD. Um, yeah, um, I think you know with all of this stuff, I'm I'm more excited about what it can do for our team than I am afraid of what it might do to our work. You know, mm-hmm. like here we are doing an episode talking about how AI can um, uh, AI can help support creative work, and I think that that's like a really intentional way of phrasing that because. Once you start thinking about artificial intelligence you might immediately start thinking about work that it takes away from humans Mm. um and sure maybe some of that will happen but that i've just always had the outlook that that just means an opportunity for us humans to focus on something different or Mm. use that time that technology the output of the ai to do better work whether it's the way we do our work day-to-day efficiencies how we work internally or the work that we do for our clients and such. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, as much as I let off this episode talking about how afraid I am of AI, I think that like what we're experiencing in the creative space right now is more exciting. As long as you're willing to learn and adapt and grow and advance with it, um, I'm more excited about um, trying some things like HiveMind or that generative AI that Adobe's mm-hmm. working on and stuff like that. So those are a couple that, um, I don't know if they're technically emerging AI programs or how long they've been around, but those are a couple that I'm really excited to try. And the other one that I'll mention, which um, I think also helped kind of inspire this um, episode was the uh, seeing the Mint Mobile mm-hmm. um, commercial that Ryan Reynolds put out that was had a script totally generated by um, AI at the website ChatGPT. Um and see, this is how little I know. Is that a website? Is that a tool? I don't know. Clearly, some research <laughs> needs to be done here. But just seeing that, um, seeing that and hearing him read it and how, like, really well done it was. Um, mm-hmm. And who knows, like, if that was the first take or what. Um, right. But uh, there's possibility there, you know? So that's really interesting. So I'm. Kind of excited just to be in the sandbox a little bit and play with some things and um, hopefully not break the internet or trigger Skynet and see what happens.
0: I mean, Skynet kind of, is watching you, I so there is that. Yeah. And exactly that the something like uh, like that program that can write copy that it, I'm really I'm all at once sort of fascinated by it. I'm a little horrified by it. Um, and I really, I, I'm trying to look at it through, through this lens of uh, the reality that to go from nothing to something is so much harder than if you have building blocks that you can work with. Right. So, you know, I think, I think a lot about using copywriting or content writing software to get the base of what we're trying to do. And then have just really having more time to apply to making that uh, better, more meaningful, yeah um, because you know, I also this this all comes with the awareness that I think our our philosophy on how we communicate to people is really it's it's different enough. It is uh, the seriousness. I think that we apply to people understanding what we're saying and to trying to connect to people is different. And so it makes me think that if you had, if we had a program that could get really good building blocks and we could build on that, mm-hmm. uh, we would be able to do a lot more of it. I can't, I genuinely don't see. I don't see a future where that goes that becomes you know we have a robot writing content. Yeah. Um because there there are just nuances there are nuances that I think other people don't understand.
1: Yeah.
0: That apply to the philosophy we use. Right. So you really couldn't expect a an AI to Yeah understand those
1: nuances, yeah. right? Yeah, I, I think so. I feel like we're still a ways away from that. I mm-hmm. Maybe it's a little scary that I don't know how long that'll be and it probably is sooner than I want to believe, you know, where not to say like straight up like we have a robot writing all of our content for us or anything, but... Um, but it's, it's all learning, right? And, mm. you know, we know, like, the curve of technology, like, it's only going to get faster. So, like, it's a little, I think it's a little scary to think about, like, how far we might be from that kind of learning or programming, whatever it takes for the AI to be that level of personal mm-hmm. that we try to be and, you know, like, to know the difference of did Sue write this or did the robot write this? You know, like, that's it's kind of scary to know how, close we might be to not Mm -hmm. being able to tell the difference, you know. Um, And it also might be further away than, you know, we're thinking as well because I do think that there's this factor of human emotion, common sense, that, and other things that I think um, right now, and I'm saying this so that it's on record so that when the robots do come to try to kill Mm -hmm. us, they know that I was on their side.
0: That's great. That's
1: great. <laughs> I do think that like there's a day where we'll get so creepily close to not knowing the difference as to whether or not you or the robot wrote it. But um, I think that there's enough human factor that still needs to be input now to really do that well that um, that it's still super necessary and um,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. But Wrong you way. would like you would like it known that if you have to choose between me and the robots,
1: that's, yeah. it's the robot. You've seen the movie I Robot, right? Right right,
0: yeah. right, 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 right. So I get it. Yeah, I get it. I do the same. Yeah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So, what do you think the future looks like for creative work with AI? Yeah, I,
1: yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know, and I think that's what makes the, all of this. Why did we put this question yeah. in here? Right. of a god. So we can elaborate a little bit, right? But <laughs> I, I mean, I think the re, I say that because that's the thing that brings the fear mm-hmm. with all with this whole conversation. Like, I, I don't know what it looks like. It's scary for a person to look ahead um, two years, 20 years, I don't know, and not know like how the work that they do today might be affected by something like this. And I, Like, it's going to be affected by mm. this for sure, but how and... What does our work look like because of it is, you -hmm. know, the unknown of all that is a little scary. Um, I do think that um, uh, there's something special about being a human that um, there will. I
0: won't tell the robots that you said that. Yeah,
1: right. Uh, That there will always be some kind, you know, some factor of human intervention that's needed to like really truly Mm -hmm. connect with people. Um, So I I really, I see the future as one where this technology um, only enhances what we do, Mm -hmm. makes us better at it, more efficient, is able, you know, makes it um, possible for us to help more people, help better. Uh, You know, I mean, I think this is a really um, maybe a poor way to compare um, and I'm going to go like, I'm going to rewind probably further than I need to, but. You know, if you look at our world now where a client uh, or you know an organization is asking a set of people for help in the creative space, designing something, writing something, printing something, whatever it is, um, the way that that happened 20 years ago 30 years ago is mm-hmm. way different than it is today and that's just like a simple fact and technology and artificial intelligence and you know advancements like that have brought us to where we are today. So I really compare, what the future looks like related to AI and all of this as just like the next step Mm -hmm. in all of that. So, um, you know, gone are the days where you're putting letters into the letterpress to print something, right? You know, now it's all happening totally digitally and sometimes completely automatic with no human intervention. Like once somebody hits print on that print order, it's, Going directly to the machine mm-hmm. and printing, and the next person that touches it is touches it is maybe the person boxing it up. If even if somebody's even boxing it up, like right. that might all happen automatically too, right? So, um, but there's still human intervention in mm-hmm. all of those processes, and to do that and do that well, and so I just see it all getting tighter, better, quicker, faster, cheaper, mm-hmm. um, so that we can all get our get the best results and we can all provide our best work. So maybe it may be a very hopeful and utopic projection there, but
0: I think it's possible. Well, then let me do you one better. (laughs) Yes. When you want to talk about utopia. (laughs) But I, you know, I think that as human beings, we, we have this capacity to expand to fit the space that we're in. And we, we just have always found work. We have always found new and different things to do. And, even, you know, from the beginning of the industrial revolution to now, I, I love that you mentioned uh, setting up letters for printing because that's exactly what I was thinking. You know, we, we thought when the Industrial Revolution was happening that we were going to invent machines that would mean people would be idle all of the time. Mm-hmm. And instead what we did is we, we took a certain type of work, um, automated it and created space for people to do something different. Right, yeah. So I think, I think that possibility is there with AI too. I think, so my immediate, this is my immediate prediction. My immediate prediction Um, which I just applied to everything that emerges like into the marketing space. My immediate prediction is you're going to hear a million people saying you have to use this. You have to do it, have to do it this way. That'll, that'll last for a while. And then we'll all learn how to use it. Um, in the same way, uh, you want to talk about, uh, Aging yourself, in the same way credit unions learned how to use computers. Sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, that we we will it will just become part of what we do, and we will expand into something else and do different things. Mm-hmm. And I think with every innovation like this, you know, we've we've now gotten to the point where innovations have started to be digital and mental and stop being physical. So now I think that we we are on the cost of this point where every innovation from now on frees up more space for communication, for relationship, for all of those things that really, you know, since uh, the invention of the printing press yeah. <laughs> has been people's goal to save the time yeah. to have time for connection communication
1: more creation more
0: creation right
1: yeah yeah
0: art right beautiful things yeah so there's your utopia right there yeah
1: right yeah it's interesting to think in that way where like if we hit the pinnacle or you know we reach the finish line of intelligence, creation, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it just means that we get to spend more time with our loved ones or doing whatever the heck we want. Right, right. Instead of chasing the next thing. Because, we won't get there. Because, but. you know,
0: we'll always want beauty. Yeah. We will always, you know, well, people will always long for those things to exist. And, you know, maybe what we're doing, this is this is such flowery thought, yeah. but... Maybe what we're doing is freeing up the people that otherwise would never be free to, yeah. to paint, to sing, to sculpt, right, to draw, yeah. to write. You know.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I am not. I want to point out. I'm not asking you to fire me right now and then <laughs> get AI so I have more time to sculpt. Uh, if you but, want some
1: time to sculpt, let's, let's just talk. take
0: time to sculpt. Yeah. <laughs> I don't see the angel inside the block of granite, so I cannot. <laughs> okay, okay. Sorry.
1: Good to know. Because <laughs> I had a really interesting project I was going to ask you. To
0: yeah, do. I don't, I don't see it. <laughs>
1: yeah. So we'll see, we'll see what the future holds, huh? And I don't know. My guess is, at some point in time, maybe not later this year, sometime uh, in the probably near future, though, we'll probably have another episode about AI, and we'll look back at this one and be like. <laughs> Remember what we thought was so cool? Or this is what's happening Maybe you'll be
0: saying that to your robot co-host.
1: Right, yeah, that's true. (laughs) It'll just be the start of the whole thing. (laughs) Love you, robots. Don't kill me. Okay, so hey, uh, should we dive into our wrap-up? Let's do it. I think we've already already
0: idealized the future, so we might as well.
1: All right, well, here we go. Let's uh, dive into something awesome. This is where we share recommendations or um, cool things that have happened to us, stuff we want to share, content, uh, experiences. And I'm going to share a link to a really cool article um, that uh, talked about the effectiveness of the Endangered Species Act, uh, which was signed into law in 1973. And um, what was really cool about it was um, it talked a bit about what may or may not have happened if this wasn't signed into law. So uh, it talks about um, how without the Endangered Species Act, uh, they estimate that 227 species would likely have gone extinct by now since the law was passed in 1973. And wow. Yeah, right. And 110 species have um, seen recovery since the Act was in. Uh, you know, put into law and some examples, American alligators, gray wolves, bald eagles, which came off the list in 2007, peregrine falcons and humpback whales. So, you know, just like some common examples that we see in books that we read to Mm. our children all the time or our national animals and things like that, you know, really important. I mean, every animal is important to the whole ecosystem, right? But um, some are maybe a little more visibly important uh, to us. Right.
0: So, especially if you want to take up falconry, right? Which I yeah. know you do.
1: I do. Yes, I do have a, a special room in my uh, house <laughs> designated for the, falcon. <laughs> the falcon. falconing room. Yes.
0: Right.
1: <laughs> Someday we can all hope, right? So, but no, that that is good news that you know we maybe don't hear all the time, especially when um and all of that said there's still a lot of work to do to take care mm-hmm. of a lot of other species in the planet as a whole but um it's nice to hear that good news once in a while too some awesome news about uh, some animals that are still with us today because of good responsible legislation right. and law and like i said probably a lot more work to do there
0: but
1: yeah i think as we're um you know we're recording this when the I can't remember which, if it's the World Economic Forum or what's happening right now, but my guess is they're probably having some conversations there that should result in some law, but as we know, mm-hmm. some some big old bolts uh, turn very slowly, you know. So.
0: <laughs> yeah, and we certainly need, uh, as human beings, even though we long for beauty, we definitely need some guide, we need guide rails yeah. to keep us from...
1: Killing everything killing in pursuit every, of that v- beauty. Yes, yeah. so I was
0: trying to think of a nice way to say it. Yeah. But, no, no, just straight no, just up killing, killing everything. Just, yeah. Yeah, 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 clearing the table in one <laughs> swipe. <laughs> awesome. So I was very excited. I was excited to think of a topic, think of something to recommend that was actually close to our topic. Oh, nice. Close-ish.
1: Congratulations. Good Thank
0: job. you. I should get a gold I kind of forget to do that. Yeah. No, and and we don't have to. Right. But I'm really this is one of those things that I am going to nerd out about. Okay. So, I found out that they have released a 30th anniversary edition of The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy game. Have you ever read the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy.
1: I have not, and this is even after you and I have talked about this, not on the podcast, but yes. I think like years ago you've said like, how have you not read it?
0: How um, have you not read it? Here
1: I am. At this point. Still have not read
0: it. There's a movie. Just a movie yeah. watch the movie. Okay, I'll watch the movie. Okay. <laughs> um, the book is better. Okay, of course. Um, so The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy Game was a an extremely – Early, if then, AI game, and it, it DOS based game. For those of you who are listening, DOS.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah right.
0: Uh, is when you had a black screen and little green letters. Yeah. Um.
1: Disk operating system, right?
0: Sure. I think. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Pretty sure. Yes. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> um, and it was a game based on that book, which is written by Douglas Adams. And it is, the, the book is um, comedy, science fiction, absurdity. It just is, it's, it's really fun and really weird. And he has a really interesting way of writing. Mm. Um, and the game, so there was, a, there was a radio play in the UK. Uh, there was a book. There was a television show. They made this game apparently 30 years ago. And in the game, you are following, you are trying to sort of follow the steps of the main character of the Hitchhiker's Guide, Arthur Dent. And it's terrifically hard. It's unbelievably hard. Um, but also, there is like an absurd hardness about everything that's happening to the character in the book, so it makes sense that the game is... Terrifically hard, mm-hmm. um, but the BBC released. This is the the punchline here is they released thirtieth anniversary game. You can save your progress, just don't clear. It's web based. You can save your progress. Do not clear your cookies because mm-hmm. you will lose that progress. And it is so stupid mm-hmm. and so hard, but man, I could spend hours doing it. Yeah. <laughs> So that is my recommendation. If you are that level of nerd, go. I'm going to share this link. Go and try the game. It is. I there is a name for the type of game that it is, and I just can't think of it. Mm. But it's it's basically it's role playing ish. So you play as the character and you're okay. following through, and you type in your uh, your simple orders to the computer and it tells you what happens when you do that. So got it. So super fun. Very early AI. Yeah. If then kind of stuff. Um and that I just think everyone should try it. Everyone should read Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And if everyone else did it before you did, I would be perfectly happy with that. And I would make fun of you. Yeah, that'd be great. We all got it. Yeah. What about you? Bring
1: it. (laughs) Bring it. I sure hope there's enough super nerds listening to beat me to uh, playing that game and reading the book. So great recommendation, Sue. Thank you.
0: Very excited. I'm gonna. That's what I'm gonna do after I leave here.
1: Okay. Yeah. Sounds good.
0: Just, I well, might. I'm gonna need a couple weeks off. Okay. Got it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you got it. You've earned it.
0: And now it's time to officially wrap up. I guess so. I guess so. Yeah. Great conversation. Thank yeah, you for the suggestion. It was, suggestion. Fun. It was yeah. fun. It was a good one. We have a good time. We have And now time. the
1: robots know that we love them. and We do. We you all, know
0: what? They're so we cool.
1: Humbly serve them forever. Yeah,
0: we will basically do whatever they want. Got it. <laughs> Thank you, as always, for joining us. If you didn't get the chance to listen to our first episode of the season, it's worth mentioning we're going to be releasing new episodes twice a month this year. Yes. Woo! On the second Wednesday and the fourth Wednesday of each month, you can always catch up on your favorite podcast app or by finding them on our blog at exclamationcuso.com slash blog.
1: That's it. Thanks, friends. Thanks, Sue. Thank you all for tuning in. Be awesome, and we'll see you next time.
0: The Osmology Podcast is a production of Exclamation Services. Thanks to Nick Mulliver for sound production and Kylie Ganther for our cover artwork.
1: Executive producers are me, Ben Bauer, and my friend, Suzanne Campbell.